to each corner I stopped and blessed the city, and then I turned around and blessed our church and our people. And when we were at second and center, when I turned around to bless the people, the line was about eight to 10 wide and came all the way down the street from second to first and then turned in this way and I couldn't see where it ended. About a quarter down, there were more than 2,000 people, I'm sure, uh, for the procession. And it was beautiful to see this public witness of the faith. Especially in a world where the world wants us to stay quiet and, and not do that. Today, we celebrate Father's Day. And at the end of this homily, I'm going to give a blessing to all the fathers that are here uh, in Thanksgiving for their vocation and their lives. But let's center on God, our Father, for just a moment. Because these readings tell us who he is and what he has done for us, his children. God, our Father, in the first reading is seen as the one who has chosen the Israelite people. You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all of the people, though all the earth is mine. You shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Right from the very beginning of creation in the Old Testament, God the Father's desire was to share his divine life with us, his children. He created us in his image in order to share his love and his life with us so that we could partake in that divine life for eternity with him. And yet our first parents, and then right down to us through the ages, we've sinned, we've turned away from him, we've not responded in love to the Father as he deserves from us. And yet he has set them apart he, rather than reject Adam and Eve and, and destroy them, he promised them he would send a savior. And thus he forms this people, chooses them, so that throughout history he can intervene and prepare the way for the coming of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And he sends him, as St. Paul said in the second reading, in order to save us unworthy sinners from our sinfulness in order to redeem us and restore to us what we had lost, forgiving us our sins, giving us new life, and leading us home to the Father. God the Father so loved the world that he sent his only Son so that whoever believed in him might have eternal life. This is the Father's gift. One that, as St. Paul says so clearly here, we are not worthy of. Christ, while we were still helpless, died for the ungodly. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more? Now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? This is the father we have. This is who God is. Not some tyrant up there that's looking out to beat us down. No, a father who loves us and when his children turned their back on him did not lose heart or patience, did not disown them, but rather sought them out and was willing to 
send his only begotten son to take up a cross, to die in that cross, to free us from sin, to redeem us, although we were not worthy of such redemption, so that we could, in him, once again, find our way home to the Father. Jesus, in this gospel, summons his disciples and gives them the authority that he has from the Father over unclean spirits, to drive them out, to cure the disease and every illness. He hands on his authority to them. But he calls each one of them by name. Here on the board you have this depiction of what is descending forth of the 72, which is in one of the other Gospels, which is beautiful. But here in Matthew we have the sending forth of the 12. The 12 who are called Simon, called Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, Simon and Jude, each one of them by name. Jesus has restored them, and now he sends them. And brothers and sisters, you can put your name in there too. You now are of the chosen race, the royal priesthood, the sons and daughters of God, restored by him through baptism, brought into his body, the church, in order to share in his divine life on earth so that one day you can share with it with him in heaven and he has given you also this mission and called you by name and so when you hear Peter and James and John and Andrew and Bartholomew and Philip and Thomas and Simon and Jude and then put your own name right alongside theirs and ask the Lord to give you that authority and that grace to give witness to the world of his love because Jesus sent out the twelve with these instructions. Don't go to the pagan territory of the Samaritan town. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Drive out demons. They're not going in their name. They're going in his, with his authority and his power, to do his work for the good of the world. And then comes this phrase in the gospel, which I think all of us should take home and meditate on tonight which I think we should meditate on this week, which I think we should probably meditate on for the rest of our life so that we can understand what he has done for us and what we are called to do. He says, after he calls them and gives them this mission, without cost, you have received. There was no cost to us, our redemption. Did you shed your blood on the cross to be saved from your sins? Did you do the work of the Father that he did for us? The cost was his. At a great price, he redeemed us through his death on the cross and suffering in this passion in order to die and then rise from the dead. The cost was his, not yours, not mine. Without cost, you have received your salvation. You have received your redemption. You have been forgiven your sins. You did not deserve it, and God the Father sent his Son to redeem you, to redeem me, so that we could share once again in his divine life and get home to the Father. That's what we've received without cost. You know, not, not, not some material thing that passes away. No, eternal life from the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. What a gift.
what a marvelous, undeserved gift we have received from God. But it doesn't end there. Without cost, you have received. Without cost, you are to give. Christ wants us to share this love of his, this mercy, this gift of redemption with those around us. He wants us to give witness, to go to all nations and tell the good news. He wants us to bear his name as Christians and let his light shine for the world to see so that all can come to him. How are we doing on that? Because oftentimes we can think, well, thanks God for saving me. I'm good. The rest of you, sorry, can go to hell. No. Sadly, oftentimes, we might not say it that way. Forgive the language, but oftentimes our indifference and our way of living in this world, the world lives oftentimes in darkness today. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of ideologies that are way off base they're indoctrinating our children with sexual morality that is anything but moral. It's perverted. It is taking away from the truth and the life of the way God has created us in his image and wanting us to live according to our own selfish indulgences and pleasures. No, whatever feels good, do it. doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, if it's according to God's law or not. The world is blinded to the truth because it wants to live in the darkness of its sinfulness. And oftentimes we just sit there and aren't willing to bear witness because what if they laugh at me? The world wants us to shut up, doesn't want us to speak out, doesn't want us to be a light of Christ. And we don't do it to judge them. We can't judge anyone. I'm a bigger sinner than anybody out there. You know? We're not here to judge one another. And that's one of our big problems. Oftentimes that's all we do. No, we're here to allow the light of Christ, which we have received without cost, unworthily, as sinners of our redemption, to shine through us for the good of others. What you received without cost, give without cost. Those are his words, not mine. And we are called to do this as Christians, as members of the body of Christ. You can't just sit back and say, let everybody do whatever they want. Oh, come on, it's okay. If that's what they want to do, it's fine. I'm sorry, it's not. If a child reaches out to a stove that's burning hot, would any good parent just sit there and watch and let them burn their hand off? Or would they grab them or slap the hand or pull them away, even if the child cries, I wasn't doing it. No, if you love someone, you make them cry because you don't allow them to go down a road that could hurt them. You look for their good, you're not indifferent to it. Even if they don't like it in the moment. If my son's walking off a cliff, I'm not going to sit and watch until he hits the bottom. You know, you say, hey, boy, stop there. No, that's not the way. Why? I want to go this way. <laughs> it's the wrong way. There's a cliff there through that cloud you're in. And it's not going to be good for you if you go that way. No, we have to give witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. We have received from him without cost our redemption, our salvation. No one can say, I earned it. <laughs> no. 
We're going to say that in the prayer, right, shortly. We don't deserve it. He gave it to us. But he gave it to us so that we could share it with others, so that we could bring his light and his love and his mercy, his forgiveness. Judging others is up to him. We're here to help one another to get to heaven. Are we sinners? Yes, all of us. Me first. I've said that a thousand times from this pulpit. Okay? It's not rhetorical. It's real. Okay? We all need the grace of Christ, which he has given all of us. The scriptures say in another place, God has allowed all people to sin so that he could show his mercy to all people. But we can't sit back and not share this mercy and love and think, God's oh, okay. That's what the world wants it to do. And its ideologies, its perversions, its all this gender stuff and all this kind of stuff that is just off base. No. We have to be a witness of the truth of Jesus Christ for the world to see. Allow them to see in us an invitation to come to him, not to me. If anybody comes to this church to see me, please go. I'm not worth seeing. But he is. That's why we come here. That's why last week this witness of faith publicly on the street was so powerful. I'm sure many people, there were people stopping in cars and taking pictures of the crowd, of Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah. Because it's up to us to go forth with this message. What you have received without cost, give without cost. And where does this begin? I've said it before here too. This person you're sitting next to. You know, It's so easy to be nice to the guy in the grocery store because I'm not going to see him again. Say hi, how you doing? Good day. Really hot out there today, isn't it? Okay, see you later, buddy. Then we never have to talk to you again. And, and it was so pleasant and nice. But then I go home to my wife or my husband and the person I live with 24-7, my brothers and my sisters, my mom and my dad, my, my kids. And how easy is it then to always be the light of Christ, the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ? No? The persons we're closest to are usually the ones we offend the most because we're closest to them, and we just let down everything, all the, all the guards, and there it goes. See me as I am. Yeah. And it's right there where it starts, where we have to give without cost what we have received without cost at home, and then at work, and then at school, and then with those we come into contact with throughout our life, wherever or however or whoever it might be. And how should we do this? With reticence? No. With resignation? No. Sadly? No. Because I have to? No. We should do this with joy. Because this should be something we want to give. This should be the greatest gift we understand. God has given me the gift of eternal life in his son, saved my soul from eternal damnation, and given me the grace to come home to him? That my life's not going to end in a bucket? In dust? No. I'm going to live forever? He has loved me so much that he's forgiven me and is always willing to forgive me no matter how many times I fall? I should be overjoyed and rejoicing in the Lord and saying, Hey, wake up and smell the coffee. This is great. This is something I want to share with you, which I received without cost. I didn't deserve it. 
It's not because it's mine, it's because it's his. And he wants you to have it too. No, we can do that in the way we speak to one another, in the way we give to one another, in the way we share our time, our talent, our treasure. All the things we do should be an extension of the love of Christ to those around us. And how often our pride, our selfishness, our avarice, our lust, all these things want to drag us away from that beauty, from that gift that we received without cost and make us live lives that are all me, 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 me. Now, we have to learn from him to die to me for the glory of God and the good of others. Let's ask God to give us the grace. How am I doing? I'm doing terrible at this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you think the same I mean, of me, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you think the same of yourselves, I hope. Right? Yeah. We should ask ourselves, how are we doing? How can I do better? If we're honest, we should all think, I've got room for improvement. I can be a better son or daughter of God. I can be a better Christian. I can be a better witness to those around me, in my family, at my work, at my school, wherever it may be. Not hide my faith out of fear of what the world might think and let it go down the brink and its sinfulness. But be willing, even if it means giving my life like he gave his, to give witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, let's ask God to give us the grace to joyfully bear witness to his name. He deserves it. You deserve it, and the world needs it from us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.